This is Vincent, and you're listening to Liberal Lies, Liars, and True Believers. We all know that liberals lie. They lie all the time. And their friends in the media lie, too. Their uninformed true believers claim that liberals are the smartest people in the room. But facts prove that wherever they have power, there's only failure. Our mission is to expose their lies, to stand up to their lies, and to keep our freedom. We're only a few days into 2021, and already it's a terrible year, a train wreck of a year. And I had such high hopes for 2021. I really wanted to be positive about it. It had to be better than 2020. How could it be worse? But here we are on the seventh day of January 2021, and it is worse. I should have known better. I had such high hopes for 2020, too. Really high hopes. And look where that got me. Remember how great 2020 started out? Things couldn't get any better. The economy was great. People were working and making money. They were buying homes and having families. We were pretty much at peace, too. And we were safe. My garden was going to be great. And all of my teams were going to win. And I would have great relationships with everyone. And we were happy. 2020 was shaping up as one of the great years of all time. And President Trump, he was going to win re-election by a landslide. Guaranteed. How could he possibly lose? Everything was going so great for America. Yes, his tweets were driving some people a little crazy. And his personality, it was beginning to get on some people's nerves, even Republicans. But on the bright side, people in the media were going crazy. They were beside themselves with hate for him. And that was a good thing. Then... Out of the clear blue, we get the COVID-19 crisis. How did that happen? Well, the Chinese government was conducting some experiments in a lab in Wuhan province on some viruses. And a virus got loose. And more than a million and a half people are dead all around the world because of it. And more are dying every day. And the Chinese government still says it had nothing to do with the virus. And governments and the media all over the world they're letting them off the hook. The only government asking for answers is the Australian government. The virus that China let loose on the world was new, and it was dangerous too, and nobody knew anything about it. And the Chinese leaders were telling people not to worry. And the World Health Organization said it was nothing serious too. And when President Trump tried to talk about it, the media said that he was only trying to get the Democrats to stop trying to impeach him. Nancy Pelosi and the people in the media, they were making fun of the president. And the president, he got defensive. And instead of showing empathy and concern for the people getting the virus, he got mad at the leaders of China and at the media and the Democrats, too. And he said that we were going to beat the virus and it was nothing to worry about. He really was very concerned, but he didn't seem to be able to show that concern. He did all the right things. He shut down our borders, and he mobilized businesses to build ventilators and make masks, and he did something unbelievable, too. He gave drug companies billions of dollars and told them to develop a vaccine at what he called warp speed, like in Star Trek. He said he wanted a vaccine by the end of 2020. And everyone laughed at him, and they said that this would be impossible. They said he was crazy. They knew that with all of the government red tape, that it would take at least two years or maybe even three or four years to get a vaccine. 
And it would have taken that long if we had a regular politician in the White House, someone like Joe Biden. There's no doubt about that. Everyone knows it would have taken that long. And the media and the Democrats, they kept making fun of him about the vaccine until what he said actually happened. The vaccine was developed. And even today, the media and the Democrats refuse to give him credit for developing the vaccine. That's astounding. But history will do the right thing. Historians will have to acknowledge that tens of millions of people were saved because of President Trump and Operation Warp Speed. Up until yesterday, I thought that this would be his legacy, that saving millions of lives would be what people would always remember him by. But instead, his legacy will be all about the riots in Washington. His anger at the way Democrats cheated in the election got the best of him. The COVID-19 crisis gave Democrats the green light to change election laws and procedures. Mail-in ballots were used in many states that had never before allowed them, and those mail-in votes were used to cheat. There's no way that Joe Biden would have won without them. Give the left credit. They once again used a crisis to cheat their way to victory. And instead of four more years of President Trump, the incompetent Joe Biden will be sworn in as our next president. That has to be tough to accept for President Trump. I can't even imagine what it must be like for President Trump. But shame on Republicans. The Democrats changed voting laws early on, and they didn't even try to hide what they were doing. And Republicans? They didn't even challenge them. So who's really at fault here? I was doing my best to be hopeful about 2021 before the special election in Georgia. I kept trying to convince myself that Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue had a chance to win, but I knew that they'd lose. Both are terrible candidates. They can't speak, and they can't debate, and they don't inspire. Republicans have to find better candidates. But the way the party operates, it's so hard for candidates to get the financial support that they need to run a good campaign. When a Democrat runs for office, the unions and the special interests like Planned Parenthood and anti-gun groups give them lots of money to run their campaigns. That takes away a lot of pressure when you have a ready-made source of funding. When a Republican runs, nobody gives them any money. That puts them at a real disadvantage right off the bat. It discourages people from even trying to run. And in big races, like for the House and the Senate, the only people who can afford to run are rich people. That narrows the field considerably. You wind up with candidates like Purdue and Loeffler or Mitt Romney. They're generally bad communicators, and they're out of touch with regular people, too. But as bad as the Republican candidates were in Georgia, the two Democrats who won are far worse. They're radical leftists who say they want to change America. And the changes they want to make aren't good. I'll never understand people who are willing to vote away their freedom. And what happened in Washington yesterday is simply inexcusable. I never thought I'd see the day when Republicans would riot like that. They tried to take over the Capitol building. The Congress was meeting to certify the Electoral College vote, something they do every four years after an election. It's usually a pretty routine matter, but not yesterday. President Trump has been lobbying for the Republicans to challenge the results of the vote and for Vice President Pence to reject the electoral vote and make states recount this vote 
or even to make them vote all over again. What did he think was going to happen if states voted all over again? There still would have been mail-in ballots, and they would have been mailed to everybody, and that's what caused him to lose. There still would have been rampant ballot harvesting, which is illegal in many states, but that doesn't bother Democrats. And there still would have been millions of people who voted, millions of people who ordinarily wouldn't have voted at all if they had to go to the polls in person. The results wouldn't have changed, would they? So what was the point of yesterday? The president just had to have that big rally in Washington, a rally that ended in violence and tragedy, a rally that saw Air Force veteran Ashley Bobbitt lose her life. She was shot when protesters stormed the U.S. Capitol. The protesters made it into the building, and members of the Congress had to be evacuated. They even got into Nancy Pelosi's office. Eventually, the protests were broken up, and people went home, or to jail. Now we're waiting to find out who they are. Were the Trump supporters infiltrated by Antifa members or left-wing agitators? From the look of the people rioting, they were older than what we've seen mostly all summer in so many cities. It might be that they are mostly Republicans. But we'll have to look at who was arrested yesterday to sort that out. No matter who was responsible, there's never any excuse for something like that to happen. And of course, President Trump is getting all of the blame. Many people are calling for his immediate removal from office. They say that he incited a riot and was trying to take over the government by force. There are even people saying that the police let the rioters into the Capitol building to help them take over. Of course, the reasons for the riot are much deeper and far more complex than what the media are telling us. This is a time when we could really use a media that would report the truth. The truth would help, but don't hold your breath because we won't get it from them. Far from it. How can they be honest? For the past year, they've supported the violence from the left in so many American cities. They've cheered the burning and the looting and the violence against the police. And they've excused the violence as justified. Justified because there's no social justice in America. Because America is a racist country where unarmed minorities are routinely shot down by the police. A place where systematic racism, which is a term invented to incite riots and violence, keeps minorities from ever achieving success. The media and the Democrats have supported these terrible lies. Lies that when believed by people can only lead to violence. So how can they now start telling the truth about the reasons for what happened yesterday? The simple answer is, they can't. And that's another tragedy. I'm afraid that if our media doesn't start to tell the truth very soon, what happened yesterday could become commonplace. All of a sudden, our media is shocked at violence. It must end, they cry. It's an assault on our beloved Constitution, they shout. And we're supposed to take their outrage seriously. We have no reason to take them seriously, not unless they start being honest. And I'm not holding out much hope for that to happen. The biggest loser yesterday, though, besides Ashley Babbitt, is President Trump. Any chances of his being the candidate of the Republican Party in 2024 are gone. He's finished. He didn't understand just how angry the American people are when he gave that speech yesterday. He thought that people would listen to his speech, hear him say over and over that the election was stolen, 
And what? Not get angry as hell? And when he told all of those very angry people to march over to the Capitol building and let the Congress know just how angry they were, what did he think was going to happen? Maybe he thought that they'd all go over and yell loudly and the people inside would hear them and reject the results of the election, and there would be a redo. I don't know what he was thinking, but I'm sure he wasn't thinking that a full-scale riot was going to break out and that people would break into the building and threaten everybody inside. I know he wasn't thinking that an innocent woman, a veteran, would be shot and killed. But it happened. It happened. And now his political career is over. And any potential political careers that his son or daughter might have had, they're over too. And I'm positive that that didn't enter his mind yesterday either, as he encouraged his supporters to march on the Capitol building and let the people inside know just how they felt. Well, now they know. I don't think that he knew just how frustrated and angry many Americans really are. For the last four years, they've been called racist when they aren't. They've been told that America is unjust and unfair, and it isn't. Their children are being taught to hate America. The media makes it clear that they hate anyone who likes the president, or even America for that matter. People are angry, angry at incredibly stupid and power-mad leaders who have locked them down during the COVID-19 crisis. What we're seeing is that the virus spreads wherever it wants, even in areas where people do wear masks. It still spreads, and it still kills people. In spite of that, left-wing leaders insist on shutting everything down, when that doesn't seem to have any real effect. The fact is, we still don't know enough about this virus, and it may be years before we actually know how to protect ourselves from it. Once again, our leaders make rules without any logic. They close businesses without logic. They threaten people and shut down schools and businesses without any logic at all. And the worst thing of all is that when none of their rules work and the virus still spreads despite everything they do, they make even more rules. And they don't see what all of these lockdowns are doing to the mental health of people. And of course, what really makes people frustrated and angry is that these very same leaders refuse to follow their own rules. And people can see that this is always the way it is with the elites. They never have to follow the rules. Only we, we the people, have to follow them. And they wonder why people are mad. And now they're all calling for peace. They want everybody to get behind Joe Biden and unify, to love each other. But they're lying as usual. The left does not want peace and understanding. They want they demand unconditional surrender. They've already forgotten about all of the riots they supported over the summer, and now they want peace. They want us to believe that this riot has taught them a lesson. The mayor of Washington says that she's very angry and upset about what happened. But over the summer, when the radical left was rioting every night in her city and burning and looting, she was completely silent about it. They just don't get it at all. And maybe they never will. They can celebrate the end of President Trump all they want. But if they think that they've ended the movement, they're out of their minds. As long as their hypocrisy continues, and from what I'm seeing on television, it's as strong as ever, people are going to stay angry. 2021 
sure isn't starting out the way I wanted it to, not by any stretch of the imagination. But it isn't over yet, and as strange as it might sound, maybe it'll get better. But if Democrats and Republicans don't start paying attention to the anger they saw yesterday, things will only get worse. The anger that people are feeling isn't going to go away unless the people in Washington, and local leaders too, start listening to the people. For the first time in my life, I'm seeing average Americans really getting mad and letting their leaders know about it too. So far, our leaders seem completely oblivious to that anger, and they still have no idea about how to cope with the problems that they're facing. Most of them, they can't even figure out how to get people vaccinated now that we do have a vaccine. Every day, they show us just how incapable they are of leading. They get elected, and then they're dumbfounded that people actually expect them to be competent. For real change to happen, though, people have to stay angry. Not angry enough to riot, but angry enough to hold our leaders accountable, and the media, too. Our leaders count on the fact that our anger always goes away, and we forget about how bad they are, and then they go back to doing nothing. They're not listening to us. Donald Trump did listen, but he isn't going to be around anymore. So we have to make the people who are in office listen and to lead us in the right direction, not in circles and not to a place where our voices will never be heard. If we learned anything about 2020 or from these first terrible days of 2021, I hope that we've at least learned that.